Bank of Canada raised uh, their uh, rate another half percentage point uh, yesterday. On Wednesday, the central bank said the uh, key interest rate will need to rise even further to clamp down on inflation. Since the, since March, their rate has climbed from two, uh, 0.2, 0. 0. 0.25% to 3.75%. There we go. Uh, now, I mention this only because uh, we've been talking about inflation. We've been talking about the price of everything going up, uh, grocery prices in particular. Affordability is on the mind of many right now. And affordability when it comes to food, but affordability when it comes to a lot of different things and then what is being asked of the average person. Uh, when you think of food, you think of grocery prices, absolutely, but you also think of tipping. And you often tip at a restaurant or, or a bar, but not always. And we're starting to hear more about tipflation. Tipflation comes about in two ways. One, you're asked to tip in a situation where you haven't tipped before. And two, the preset tip prompt is higher than it used to be, which could put someone in potentially a situation they might feel awkward in. Uh, Michael Van Masso is a food economist at the University of Guelph and joins us now to talk about this. I appreciate your time today. Good morning, Devin. Uh, tipflation, how does it work? Well, it works very much just like you outlined, right? We're, we're, we're seeing uh, more and more different uh, organizations prompting us for a tip, trying to get us to, to uh, pay more for, for the service than, than, than we would otherwise. I've heard mechanics. Uh, you know, the other day I went to, a brewery, uh, to my local microbrewery and the bottle shop where I was just given some bottles uh, prompted me to tip. So that's one. The, the other is, as you said, this increase in what we are being prompted to tip, while at the same time, the the check cost is going up. So there is, we're, we're paying a larger percentage on a larger check. Uh, and so it's becoming more and more expensive to, to go out to eat as, uh, as, uh, as this tipping norm uh, is putting more pressure on us. It does put some pressure, and it could make for some awkward moments. But also, you know, for those who are putting some of these tip prompts in, I think you got to be a little bit careful. Everyone's, you know, uh, I think uh, mindful of everything's going up. Some people have had a, a tough go of things, but a lot of the the consumers, the customers, have haven't exactly been uh, swimming in on easy street either. Well, I, I agree with you 100. percent I think. During the pandemic, when restaurants were closed and we were just trying to help our local restaurant stay afloat, many of us maybe upped our tip uh, to just in an effort to help out. And I, and I think that's being taken for granted a little bit now. And people are saying, oh, well, uh, it's tough. Uh, we're having trouble recruiting people. If we can prompt for bigger tips, it might help us. But in a time, as you said, with significant food inflation, uh, there's also there are also people who are choosing to eat out less, and this sort of prompt to tip more and more may actually backfire. That people will eat out a little less frequently, and frankly, I'm hearing we haven't studied it yet. Hearing anecdotally that some people are saying, "Wow, you're just getting too much," and then opting out of the tip prompts and tipping less. So if you push too high, you may actually end up with lower tips. Has this happened before? We're just uh, seeing it in a different light now? I, I can't imagine this is the first time. Well, I think we've seen tips creep up. I, you know, 
this is a social norm. It isn't a rule. There isn't a law. We're not required to tip. But we've seen the prompts creep up. I think they've crept up more quickly lately. Uh, and I think we've seen people sort of say, oh, maybe, maybe that's enough. So it's not unique, but I think uh, it, it's, it's a more acute effort right now, and we're noticing it more, particularly in this inflationary environment. And I think it, it matters a lot more when people are just feeling squeezed everywhere they go. We look at the grocery store, and there's this investigation now where they're going to look into, uh, you know, uh, the the profits by the big grocers. What do you make of some of the moves as of late with the Competition Bureau and what the federal government's doing? Well, you know, when prices are going up, and they're going up for a variety of reasons, we look for an easy answer. And unfortunately, in this case, there's not a silver bullet. Uh, we look and point at the grocers because that's who who's charging us more and more. But their costs are going up too. There's the war in Ukraine, extreme weather events, Canadian dollar is getting weaker. All of these factors are contributing uh, to food price inflation, increased uh, fuel costs, and and so I'm not optimistic that the Competition Bureau is going to resolve anything. And frankly, I'm not sure they can resolve anything because the, the problems aren't at the retail level. I wonder if the solution, and it's not uh, short term, but it's just more competition. It's more independence, but just more grocers as opposed to kind of cracking down on the ones we have already. Well, uh, you know, there, there, there is a, a trade-off between size, which gives us efficiency, uh, and uh, and smaller, which may lead to more competition. I'm not convinced, frankly, that we're suffering a whole lot in Canada because of this, that, that as consumers we're suffering a whole lot because of this concentration. I think that, that grocers put a lot of pressure on their suppliers and that there may be some sort of market power impacts there. But if you look at food inflation across the G7, as an example, uh, Canada is amongst the lowest. So our prices have gone up a lot, but prices in other places have gone up even more. And, and it's less concentrated in the U.S., as an example, and food inflation has been higher there. So I think it's always worth looking at, at, at competitive behavior, but I think in this circumstance we're not going to find a significant impact. Because of that, I mean, with maybe taking the easy route for you know politicians looking at, okay, this if we then get to next June when the Competition Bureau is going to come back and they say, you know what, uh, kind of outline what you just said there, what happens then when people s- throw up their hands and say, okay, well, what can we do with this industry in general or just kind of be- get a better understanding of what goes into the price we pay at the grocery store? Well, I think if uh, the Competition Bureau does sort of say, here are the, and, and there's also the Parliamentary Committee, here are the wide range of impacts many of which we can't control and the government can't control, I think it's going to be frustrating for some consumers. And, and so to a degree, I, I, I think the, 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 they're sort of kicking the can down the road and, 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 and not sort of being open about why these things are happening. Hopefully, as we get into the new year, I'm not optimistic in the next sort of three to five months, but hopefully then we maybe start seeing some of these pressures easing and, and if prices are not going up as fast or maybe even coming down, 
uh, we we are uh, a little less inclined to be upset uh, when the Competition Bureau reports that they can't find anything. Michael, as always, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me. Have a great day. You as well. That's Michael Van Masso, a food economist at the University of Guelph. Always appreciate his perspective.